0: We get to be together and if you're part of the Crossroads family, man, I love that we get to be together and if you're visiting or you just happen to come in one way or another, man, welcome, welcome, welcome and uh, so hoping God blesses you hope our time together enriches you uh, really want you to experience God's love. And uh, so anyway, uh, I am really excited about what we're going to get into tonight. Let's pray. Lord, I praise you and thank you that we're moving through this crisis in the way we are as a church at least. And uh, I pray that we would be used by you to be a solution, a voice of love and peace and hope, uh, uh, people who make a difference in days like these. Um, I pray for anybody out there who's right now is struggling and for any reason, and may uh, even what we look at tonight, remind them that, God, you're active in this world and you're ready to be active in their lives. And I pray that in Jesus' name, Amen. Well, we saw last week that uh, there was a sign to begin all signs a sign to begin all signs that would lead to the coming of Jesus Christ. The end of the world as we know it, uh, a time where judgment would be enacted. So God's justice would come. And so there was a sign to begin all signs. And that was that Israel would be regathered together as a nation and that the the Jews would finally take possession of Jerusalem. So Jesus said, here's what's going to happen. He said this about 40 years before it occurred. He said, the Romans are going to come. They're going to sack the city of Jerusalem. They're going to exile everybody out of the land and everybody will be scattered all throughout the world for thousands of years. And then God's hand is going to move and there'll be a regathering of the Jewish people on their land. And then they will actually take possession again of the city of Jerusalem. Now, the time of the scattering was called the time of the Gentiles. And that meant a time when non-Jewish people, Gentiles, were those who owned Israel and specifically Jerusalem and temple mount. Then God said, when the time of the Gentiles ends, you will know that because Jerusalem will be back in the hands of the Jews in 1948, they became a nation in 1967, June of 1967, they took back the city of Jerusalem. And, and that began the countdown. It began the countdown till the coming of the Lord. Uh, by the way, Jesus said, when that happens, that the generation who sees this occur, the sign to begin all signs, the generation that sees this occur will not pass away till all the other signs are fulfilled. Uh, and so what I want you to know is that we showed you last week, you can go here in the message, a generation is 100 years. And so before 2067, the Lord said, all the signs of be fulfilled. And, uh, we don't know the day or hour cause it doesn't have to go all the way till 2067, but we know it's in a time period. We know the season we're in, uh, the Bible even says, you know, the epic epoch you live in. And so we're all doing that. We're seeing it, we're watching, but also something else, especially if you're brand new, listen, science affirms and confirms what the Bible is saying. Uh, Let me give you an example of that. Uh, Scientists have been warning for years that we are in pending peril of running out of clean, fresh, healthy drinking water. Uh, They've been warning about that. Uh, And and they actually have a countdown clock till the time that we're out of clean, fresh drinking water. Just like there's the doomsday clock that set at 100 seconds to midnight because we're so close. There's a a time we know that less things change. We're going to run out of water, fresh, clean, healthy drinking water. And so on your screen, you could see it uh, right now. We're 19 years, 196 days, five hours and three minutes and 40 seconds from running out of this water it's in the year 2040 now they've been warning about this for over 20 years the countdown clock's been going for over 20 years and here's what's really scary nobody's listening Uh, just like the Center for Disease Control and the World Health Organization warned that diseases were coming our way that would put the world in turmoil and and cause the death of many. And by the way, this particular virus, the coronavirus, is bad, but not near as bad as the one that's gonna come. We'll talk again and more about that in just a few minutes. But they warned us and they warned us and they warned us. Let me ask you a question. Were we prepared? Right now, there's all these people out there saying, why weren't we prepared? Why didn't we get ready? Why didn't we have more ventilators? Why didn't we have more masks? You know why? Nobody was listening. Nobody believed it, even though the science said it was going to happen. This is the same with the drinking water. No one's doing anything about it. And and by the way, even if you right now disagree with me and say, I don't know, Chuck, if any of this is true, please at least don't forget I'm warning you. Please don't forget I'm telling you. Because 10 years from now, 20 years from now, it's going to start to be a crisis. The longer we wait to address it, the less ability we have to at least lengthen the period of time or have come up with the solution. Uh, and let me say this, that right now, those scientists that are following the, the, the lessening of our ability to actually have fresh water, they're saying that, and they're, and they're right about this. They're saying that will probably lead to some of the worst wars we've ever seen. By the way, in June of 1967, the reason there was a six-day war was over water. Um, Israel and the surrounding nations were fighting over water. And a day will come where there'll be at least regional wars or a global conflict that'll have to do with water. And, uh, the Bible points to that science says it's going to happen. So even if you say, well, you know, Chuck, maybe, you know, maybe you're not quite tuned in. Uh, I want to tell you, I think not only am I tuned in, but I'm going to ask you to listen to the Bible and listen to the science because they go hand in hand together. And whenever people don't listen to the signs, when people don't observe the signs, then disastrous things occur. Um, whenever I think about this, I think about the Titanic. The Titanic was on what would be its last voyage. And they went into an area of the ocean, the Atlantic Ocean, where there were icebergs. And there was a radio message sent by the SS California that was very, very close to the Titanic. And they said, I say, old man, we're surrounded by icebergs. And that Titanic radioed back, quote, shut up, shut up. We're busy would be a very few minutes, a short time later, bam, they would hit. The impact would happen. Then they radioed out a distress call. The SS California was only nine miles away. They were close enough and big enough. They could have rescued every single person on the ship. But they had given warning. And uh, what happens, That Titanic now is radioing for help. They're sending off flares, begging for someone to come save them. And Officer Herbert Storr of the SS California saw the flares. And he asked, he said, has anybody given us warning from the radio department? And there wasn't any warning. The story is, is that the radio man was asleep. After he sent out the initial warning, he just went to sleep. And even though the Titanic is begging for help, he's not hearing it and he's not passing it along. And all those people... Thousands of people would die. By the way, I I want you to know that while the California could have saved them, lots of people could have saved themselves. Um, That night, many people chose not to be saved. Uh, One man was asked to get into the lifeboat and he said, I'll take my chances. Others were having snowball fights on the deck from the ice that had fallen off. Some took chunks of ice back around to show people about it. Uh, By the way, the gambling went on, the dancing went on, the eating and drinking went on. And uh, when the first lifeboats left, there were as few as eight people on them. One guy said, can I take my dog? And they said, you might as well. Men, women, children died. And they had warning. They had warning. I'm telling you, God is sending the warning. The warning signals have shot off. The time is being counted down. You and I need to realize that, and we need to be ready now, even though it may not happen for a while, but we've got the warning, and they're right before our eyes. Jesus warned this was going to happen in the last days. In Matthew 24, verse 37, it says, for the coming of the Son of Man will just be just like in the days of Noah. Did you catch that? Just like in the days of Noah, for those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving a marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. Look at verse 39. Look at that in verse 39. And they did not, do you see the word? Understand. They did not understand until the flood came and took them all away. And it says, so will the coming of the son of man be Jesus said, that's what's going to happen when I come back, that people just aren't going to understand. They're not going to be aware. They're not going to get it. And you guys, I'm trying to make sure that's not you. It says in verse 40, then there will be two men in the field. One will be taken and one will be left. That's the rapture. Two women will be grinded at the mill. One will be taken and one will be left. I do not want you to be the left behind. I don't want you to be the one who's not ready. So we're going to go on, but I want to ask this question. It's the most important question I can ask you. Are you right now ready for the second coming of Jesus Christ? Are you right now living in relationship with him? Are you right now someone who genuinely has committed your life to Christ? And oh, I want that for you. See, Jesus loves you. Jesus wants to be with you and guide you right now in your life. He also wants to prepare you for challenges that'll come and for the great challenge that's coming. And you know what? When you live your life with him, you don't need to be afraid because he's going to show you life and love and joy and peace, no matter what happens in the world around you. Right now, if you're not in a relationship with him or you need to recommit your life to him, at the very end, I'm going to lead a prayer. And I'm going to ask you to pray it with me. I'm going to ask you to say yes to Jesus. But if you know right now you're ready to say yes, I want you to do this. I want you to text, Amen to six. 9922 two. text amen to 69922 two. and uh, that way we're going to know you mean this uh and that word amen means the truth i really want to be jesus's i really want to be real i really want to be ready so text that in right now and at the end we'll pray that prayer together but when you text in we want to know who you are and we want to share things with you to make your life better and so right now you may you could do it as a, alone do it as a couple do it as a family Right now, maybe even text a friend and say, I'm getting ready to commit my life to Christ. But just like the Titanic, everyone could have been saved. Right now, there's a danger that the church is asleep. Uh, I want to say that Um, when all of this hit, I can't believe how many churches weren't ready for its coming. And I'm talking about the current things we're seeing on the news today because the Bible said it would happen. And, and you know what? The church right now, Christians right now, you cannot afford to be asleep. Yet there's a danger that the church itself is asleep and not ready. In Revelation 3, 2 and 3, it says this, Wake up and strengthen the things that remain which were about to die. For I have not found your deeds completed in the sight of my God. These are the words of Jesus to a church. He said, you guys aren't doing anything. Boy, don't let that be true of of any of our churches. Don't let that be true at Crossroads. In verse three, he says, so remember what you have received and heard and keep it and repent. Therefore, if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief and you will not know at what hour I will come upon you. I got a question not too long ago. Is it true that there'll be Christians left behind? And the answer is yes. That, that, That verse is the one you look at. He said, I want you to know that even if you're a church and even if you have the name Christian, uh, Jesus said, if you're not watching and you're not ready, I'm going to come like a thief and I'll be gone and you'll be left behind. Now, I believe you'll still be saved, but you'll be left behind. And why? Why not be ready? Why not be uh, uh, really, truly taking to heart to live faithfully for the Lord. So there's a danger, uh, that, that, you know, what's going to happen, that the end is going to come and, and people didn't take that seriously till it's too late. So there's a balanced view, by the way, of the thief in the night. Now I'm going to keep telling you this over and over. Cause I want to remind you of it. I want you to know it like that. And there's a balanced view of what it means that Jesus is coming like a thief in the night. Number one, the, the view is we need to be ready. Not that we're going to be caught off guard, it's we're going to be ready. And number 2, we got to be aware and awake. So that's what we're talking about. The thief in the night is not about you won't know, it's about you're going to have an idea that something's coming and you need to be ready for it. And Revelation 16:15 it says this. Jesus said, behold, I am coming like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake, keeps his clothes so that he will not walk about naked and men will not see his shame. He said, I, I want you to be ready. I want you to be ready. And, uh, you know, a while back, Pam and I were in an area where there were fires that could have come and got us. And I don't know if you did this in a moment like this, but we had our clothes ready. Ready? Because we didn't want to get caught off guard and have to run outside, uh, uh, not clothed and, and not with everything ready and, and not leaving behind things that were precious. We knew something could come. Right now, something's coming and you need to be awa- ready. The word awake, by the way, is a Greek word that means keep awake, to watch, to be vigilant. He said, I want you to keep awake, watch, and be vigilant. That's what that word means. And I want to remind you of another promise that God gave. And it's in Amos chapter three, verses seven and eight. And it says this, Surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secret counsel to his servant, the prophets. So a lion is roared, who will not fear? The Lord God has spoken, who can but prophesy? By the way, let me say this. God has spoken and I am constantly, uh, the word prophesy means proclaim or preach. Uh, I am constantly prophesying and preaching what God has spoken. So you can know it and you can know the times we live in because God doesn't do anything unless he's revealed it to his servants, the prophets. So what's happening right now? God's already told us. We just gotta go get it out of the Bible and look at it and, 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 and understand it and dig into it. So Jesus commanded us to be aware of the times that we live in. In Luke chapter 21, verse 25, it says this. This time about our day and time. There will be signs in the sun and moon and stars and on earth, dismay among nations, in perplexity at the roaring of the sea and the waves. In other words, we can see environmentally something's gone wrong. Men fainting from fear and the expectation of things which are coming upon the world. You know, you might, some of you might say, I don't like hearing this because it makes me afraid. Well, you know what? You don't need to be afraid if you know Jesus, but there are lots of people who, who need to get, they need to have some level of fear because we see what's coming upon the world. The next pandemic could be far worse. Running out of drinking water, far worse. The famines still to come, far worse. Um, I'm going to get to some other things that are heading our way that science backs up. But I want you to know, that we need to be watching this. And then it goes on to say in verse 26, men fainting from fear and the expectation of things that are coming upon the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the son of man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Look at verse 28. But when these things begin to take place, when you see them happening, don't be the ones who don't understand. Be the ones who understand. When you see them happening, straighten up, lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. Then he told them a parable, behold, the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they put forth their leaves, you see and know for yourselves that summer is near. So you also look at this again. When you see these things happening, recognize that the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away. But my words, Jesus said, will not pass away. And what does he mean by that? Everything I told you is true. Everything I said that's going to happen will happen. And by the way, it will happen in the order I'm telling you. It's, it's so accurate, so true so that you could know, I could know, so we could be ready. By the way, Paul warned us also in a, a letter he wrote called Thessalonians, First Thessalonians, not to be caught off guard. So I want to make sure to sum up this part of our, our time together by having you see this, not our whole time together. I'm going to dig in some more, but I want you to catch this part. First Thessalonians 5.1, Now as to the times and the epics, brethren, you have no need of anything to be written to you. For you yourselves know full well that the day of the Lord will come just like a thief in the night. While they are saying peace and safety, then destruction will come upon them suddenly like labor pains upon a woman with child and they will not escape. Uh, They are the non-Christians. They are the people who don't know God or they're not willing to listen to God. It says, but you brethren, verse four, but you brethren are not in darkness that the day would overtake you like a thief for you are sons of the light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of the darkness. So then... Let us not sleep as others do, but let us be alert and sober. Uh, By the way, the word sober, there's a Greek word, sophronis. and, And every time that word is used, it has to do with the second coming of Jesus Christ and the last days. In other words, it's a sober feeling we have, this awareness we have, this heightened sensitivity we have to the fact he really is coming back. Man, I get so excited about that. I'm not excited about all the things that will happen before he comes back. Although I'm excited to see how God uses them. I'm excited to see how we get to be a part of it. So last week we saw that there was a sign to begin all signs. And it says, when you see that sign, know the others are coming. Know the days you're living in. And Israel became a nation. Jerusalem's back in the hands of the Jews. The countdown clock's begun. The warning flares have gone off. And we need to be ready. So what I'm going to do now is begin to give you a list of 17 signs to look for. After Israel's a nation and Jerusalem's in the hand of the Jews, what do we watch for next? So we're going to go and the first few are easily are are for sure in order. And the first one is false Christ. Jesus said after Israel's a nation and Jerusalem's in the hand of the Jews, beware of false Christ. Uh, Matthew 24 verse 4 is one place he said that. And Jesus answered and said to them, see that no one misleads you. Now, by the way, over and over, Jesus warns you, people can get misled. How do you keep from being misled? It's by studying the Bible. By studying the Bible, Uh, make sure it's not man's opinion. Make sure you're getting what you get straight from God's word, from what Jesus said, what the Bible says. So he says, see to it that no one misleads you for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will mislead many. Now there have been many false Christs over the years, even prior to Israel becoming a nation and Jerusalem being in the hands of the Jews. But since that happened, uh, there are people that have named themselves the Christ or the Messiah. And they've had not just a few, but thousands. And thousands of followers. You may not have heard of him, but a man named Sun Young Moon actually said he is Jesus incarnate and he's Jesus coming to get it right because Jesus didn't get it right because he didn't get married. <laughs> That's what he said. And uh, Sun Young Moon claimed to be the Messiah. Uh, he has a worldwide financial empire that he's responsible for, uh, followers all around the world. And many people believe he really is the Christ. Uh, So he is a false Christ. Um, Today, there's another man that, by the way, uh, many people either adore or actually worship it's the Dalai Lama. And the Dalai Lama has clearly said that Jesus, the one God of the Western world, cannot be the one we look to. And, And the Dalai Lama, many, many people believe, is a Buddhist deity. And uh, he's revered, he's respected, he's loved. Uh, and, and he has a worldwide influence right now, claiming he's the one coming to bring God's light to people. Uh, the spirit of the Antichrist is found uh, that we're going to find people twisting what God says and, and claiming to have a better revelation than scripture. That's why we get a warning in Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20, that says this, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. See, I'm not trying to spread any hate. Please don't ever let us go there. But I'm warning you not to follow the Dalai Lama and his teachings. Because there's an evil to it that you may not see in the beginning. And it says, woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who substitute darkness for light and light for darkness, who substitute bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and clever in their own sight. And so false Christ, you can check that one off. That's been fulfilled. And and there may be others, but it's been fulfilled. The second sign to watch for is racism and race fighting against race. We talked about that already, but I've got to bring it up again so you get the order. False Christ, racism, and racial unrest. Matthew 24, verses 6 to 8 says, you will be hearing of wars and rumors of wars. See to it that you are not frightened. By the way, don't be frightened in days like these, for those things must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation... And kingdom against kingdom, and in various places there will be famines and earthquakes. But all these things are merely the beginning of birth pangs. Now, um, if I reminded you before, but let me tell you again, the word "nation" uh, in the New Testament, written in Greek, is a Greek word "ta ethne." And so, nation isn't like a nation like we think of, like you know the United States. It's it's like you know the Indian nation would be the way we would think of it. So the the American Indian nation might be the Cherokee nation. Uh, And so what it is, it's the ta ethne, the ethnic group. And he said, I want you to know one of the signs of the last days is ethnic group battling ethnic group, racial strife, racial attacks. Uh, We see this in the Middle East. Uh, If you want to experience racism, you can experience it in this country, but in the Middle East, it's also horrible. And I've had been with people who, have a hard time kind of acclimating themselves to the Holy Land because there's so much hatred around them. So we see it in the Middle East. We see it in Africa, uh, in Ethiopia, uh, in parts of much of that continent. We see it in Russia today. uh, And definitely we see it in the United States. You know, right now when you hear the cry, Will the church finally say Black Lives Matter? Not a political movement, by the way. A value statement. That every black life matters. That black lives do matter. And they're looking to the church to say, Will you speak up for us? Will you stand up for us? Will you, will you say, Hey, no more? But we see it. Uh, I I need to be super honest again, and and for all those who are part of our Crossroads family, tell you, man, I I'm. I thought I knew, but I didn't know. Um, And so I've been reading and trying to learn and trying to listen. And to find out there's a huge area in the Chicago area that's been called redlined, where people who are black can't buy houses. So we just deny them housing and a chance to buy a home based on racism. And right now it's legal. It's a legalized form of racial attack. Uh, so there 's an economic form of this there 's an educational form of it. I know that, and you know that uh, that we know uh, back when there was the Jim Crow law of separate but equal, there was no separate and equal, and we 're still living today with not having whole school districts catch up so that everybody has a chance to get a great education and of course we 're seeing the the fear uh, that that people feel um, and uh, And I am going to say that um, I I saw an interview with Albert Tate, who's an incredible pastor. Oh, man, that guy can preach. But um, he's a black pastor. And he talked about he got in the car and his son's crying, eight-year-old son's crying. And he said, what's wrong? And he found out his eight-year-old son saw a policeman and was crying, saying, I didn't want him to shoot me. Uh, Again, I know, and, and I'm going to say this you know I, know, I know so many policemen who would never be that way. I know that there are so many policemen who take seriously protecting people. But we're in a time right now we can't ignore that racial unrest in this country has a reason to be the way it is. Um, even though it's the last days and even though it's a sign, we've got to do everything we can to speak up and stand out. And we are, we are. We're, we're going to talk about that more in July with you. But, but that's a sign. That's a sign. And so when that happened, when I saw the coronavirus taking hold, when I saw uh, uh, the violence in the street, when I saw the peaceful protests, I saw this is a sign that Jesus is coming back. And it's not just in this country. Uh, it's, it's other racial groups are colliding together. Um, and the hatred's growing. Uh, so that's the second sign. So false Christ, racism, the third sign, wars and rumors of wars. The Bible actually says, you know that they we're close to the coming of Jesus when peace has been taken from the earth. Matthew 24 verses 6 to 8 again it says you will be hearing of wars and rumors of wars see to it that you're not frightened for these things must take place but that is not yet the end for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom and in various places there will be famines and earthquakes but all these are the beginning of the birth pangs so right now we see kingdom against kingdom that's the idea of government against government power against power and and we're seeing that happen all over the world but maybe the sinner Of the controversy is still the Middle East and what's happening in Israel uh, with the the neighbors that are around them. Uh, Jews fighting against Palestinians in Israel. Uh, Iran crying out for the annihilation of Israel. And so we're seeing that occur today. So Jesus uh, uh, in Revelation chapter 6 gave signs of his coming. And what we have are what are called the four horsemen of the apocalypse. I'm not going to tell you the first one right now for sake of making sure you understand the continuity of the signs. The second one is the Horseman of war. It's an, it's an archangel who comes and takes peace from the earth because it's a natural consequence to the sin of mankind. And in Revelation 6, verse 3, it says, when he broke the second seal, Jesus broke the second seal. I heard the second living creature saying, come. And another, a red horse went out. And to him who sat on it, it was granted to take peace from the earth that men would slay one another, and a great sword was given to him. There has not been any peace on earth since 1948. Not one day. Well, not one day of peace since 1948. In 1948, uh, we founded uh, the United Nations with the, with the intent and purpose to bring peace on earth and to put an end to world hunger and poverty. By the way, it's also the same year that Israel became a nation, so I think that's intriguing. Israel becomes a nation, peace is taken from the earth. When man decides they're the ones who will bring peace. And uh, by the way, war has escalated. Violence has occurred at greater and greater rates. Today, 40 nations are currently engaged in armed conflicts. I showed you the map before. I want you to see it again. In every place you look, there's armed conflicts happening. Uh, Yesterday in India, 26 of their soldiers were killed by Chinese soldiers. And now we're watching uh, a tension rise there that actually could put India and China into that map. And so right now, the world is this close to just exploding, but the wars are happening all around the world. And we have not known a day of peace since 1948. You might say, well, that's always been true, but that's not really true. There have been periods of peace, times of calm. In 1987, the Pope did everything he could to bring one day of peace. Uh, I, I remember I was so intrigued by that. They, the Vatican announced that. Uh, they gathered together, uh, even the Dalai Lama and others and Mother Teresa. They flew Indian chiefs from the United States to come. And, and the Pope actually said, pray to whatever God you're calling out to. Let's have one day of peace. And uh, it didn't even last two hours. And when he was interviewed, they said to the Pope, do you believe there'll ever be peace on earth again? And he said, no. Peace has been taken from this world. It's a sign of the coming of the Lord. By the way, just like I I started with the Titanic, the iceberg's there. Matter of fact, it might be more accurate to say it hit. It's crashed. The ice is falling on the deck. And uh, there's a countdown. And are you ready? And are you ready? where you should be with Jesus. The fourth sign, economic imbalance. Uh, it's interesting. It is famine, but it's more than famine. And I shared this one before, but I want you to say false Christ, racism, wars, economic unbalance. You could check off the first three. They are all have, uh, have been fulfilled. And now in Revelation six, verse five, it says this. When the lamb broke the third seal, I heard the third living creature uh, saying, Come. And I looked up and saw a black horse and its rider was holding a pair of scales in its hands. And I heard a voice from among the four living beings saying a loaf of uh, wheat bread or three loaves of barley will cost a day's pay and don't waste the olive and the wine. Proverbs 21 verse 17, if you want to jot that down, says that the olive and wine uh, is a sign of luxuries of life. So what this verse is saying is there's going to be economic unbalance. Uh, The vast majority of the world is going to struggle with poverty. Uh, A few people in the world are going to actually have uh, more than they need, and even to the point of having the luxuries of life all around them. Uh, We're seeing that happen today. I already shared with you that right now there are locust swarms that are devastating India, Kenya, and Ethiopia. Worst plague in 20 years, maybe ever right now. Half the world's populations, 3 billion people, live on less than $2.50 a day. And right now, bread costs more than that. 1.3 billion people live on less than $1.25 a day. One billion children are living in poverty, and 22,000 children die each day due to poverty. That means that every minute, 15 children die from something that could be prevented. And, And Jesus warned about that. He said, when you see that happening, Know. Know that the end is near. Open your eyes. Lift up your head. Understand. Don't be the ones who don't understand. We are in the season, and the signs are all around us. We know the times, and we know the epoch. We know what's going on. Matthew 24, verse 7 says... Nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world. So here's what Jesus said is when you see the famine growing, you see the famine happening, you see the poverty increasing. He goes, this is it. And uh, will it get worse? Yeah, but it's already had enough to be fulfilled. We can check that one off too. So the first four have already happened. The great sign to begin all signs has said, now get ready and start counting down. And the first four have happened. And so uh, right now we're in the midst of number five. The first four have already happened in our immediate past. Our present is the fifth sign, which is diseases and global pandemics. This is the one we're in the midst of. By the way, a year ago, I didn't say that. Two years ago, I didn't say that. Obviously, five, I didn't say that. But I told everyone this one's coming. Uh, So even though those first four had already taken place, I said number five is upon us. We're in the midst of it now, but it will get worse. Revelation chapter six, verse seven says, when the lamb, which is Jesus, broke the fourth seal, I heard the fourth living creature saying, come. And I looked up and saw a horse whose color was pale green. Its rider was named Death, and his companion in the grave. These two were given authority over one-fourth of the earth, 25% of the earth, to kill with sword and famine and disease and wild animals. When you look at the wild animals, I always point this out. You may say, what does that mean? we know right now that most diseases come from wild animals or from the animal kingdom. Jesus said there'd be plagues that would lead up to a great plague. That would cause a ripple effect of war, famine, and disease that would cause the population of the planet to drop by 25%. The World Health Organization and the Center for Disease Control have sounded the same warning alarm, and yet the world, up till now, has paid little attention. And they pay little attention to the Bible. Our scientists in the Bible say, Look, watch. They're sending up warning flares saying, Do you get it? And uh, I, I get it. And when it's happening, there's something inside me going, Lord, you told us, you told us, you told us. The coronavirus has the world close to an economic meltdown. And now we're not sure to handle it. Uh, uh, you know, do you open up uh, uh, the the economy again and get people out there at the risk of more death. And remember, this is one that in the United States, at least in our area, only has a 3.5% fatality rate, case fatality, that means only three, almost 4% of the people who get it die. But the newest study just came out and said the most susceptible to this coronavirus now are people in the ages 20 to 39. And they're concerned about a mutation in that population because viruses mutate. But there's other viruses out there that that could cause great harm. And I shared those before. The Marburg virus has an 80% case fatality rate. Uh, when that, that has actually happened in the Congo and could have spread further, uh, there's a strain of Ebola in West Africa has a 90% case fatality rate. And. Uh, We right now know that the flu is probably the scariest virus out there because it's just a mutation away from being so deadly yet so easy to spread. So in Luke 21 11, it says, there will be great earthquakes. There will be famines and plagues in many lands and there will be terrifying things and great miraculous signs. So we know, we know that now the first four are completely fulfilled. We are watching number five spread upon us. We might get a little bit of relief, just like a birth pain on a pregnant woman. There's a time of calm before the next birth pain comes. By the way, as it gets closer, they come closer together and harder and harder. But the world right now has got to be ready. The Bible says the creation is groaning with labor pains. Uh, Our resources are running low. Our scientists are warning loudly. And we're very, very quick just to turn our eyes away. And Jesus said, just like in the days of Noah, they didn't understand. They didn't understand what was coming upon them. And he said, that's going to be what happens when I come back. But it's not because God doesn't care. Not because God doesn't warn. Not because God doesn't help. It's just we're in a world today where or we're not willing to turn to the one who loves us most. So we're going to go into the ones that are coming. Uh, next week, I'm going to start with the next two the, uh, and beyond that will be coming and, and tell you what to look for. But right now, what I want to ask is, are you ready today? Are you ready? excited today about your relationship with the Lord. The fact the Bible is so real and alive and true. And by the way, just like the prophecies are true, the promises are true. And one of the promises in the Bible is this. It says in Jeremiah 29, 11, God says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for good and not for evil. To give you a future and a hope. God has a plan for the world and it's being enacted. God has a plan for your life. Are you ready to embrace it? It's a unique plan for you. One where you know God the Father is your father. You know the power of the Holy Spirit moving within you. Maybe if you don't even understand that, the minute you pray this prayer, the Holy Spirit's gonna come. Things will change and God will move. And I'm hoping you will. Right now, if you're not right with the Lord or or you used to be a Christian, you can recommit your life to him. Right now, if you've never said yes to Jesus, open your heart to him. Right now, if you're under some kind of bondage or oppression, maybe it's a habitual thing. Maybe it's uh, something that, that's from your past. You know what? It's, Jesus will set you free. He came to set the captives free. He came to bring healing to hurt hearts. He came to show love to people who are unloved. And oh, he wants it for you. And then the Bible tells there's two two things we do, two first steps we take to begin what's called walking with the Lord. The first is to pray a prayer of commitment. And the second is to make it known. And then we'll start beginning to share the other steps with you as you walk with him and spend time with him and and get to know him and, and know how real his love is for you, how powerful his joy is in you. Right now, I'm gonna ask you, are you getting ready to pray with me? Father, I praise you and thank you that you love with such a real love and you care with a care that can be felt and is needed. I pray for every man out there right now who needs to open his heart to you and say yes to you. God, I pray he's not gonna hold back. I pray he's ready to text that in. I pray his word, the song is sung, that he can sense your presence. I pray for every woman out there who needs to, to pray this prayer. She would know how special she is, how much she matters. And that texting that is real for her. And Lord, your spirit, I pray it was going to touch her. I pray for every guy, for every girl, maybe some children who've been watching. God, may they right now open their hearts to you. In Jesus' name.